flood the African continent with large quantities of high-quality books. We want to get more books to more kids in Africa. That's what it's all about. Today on The Edge of Adventure, Patrick Plonsky joins me from Books for Africa an organization that collects, sorts, and ships books, computers, tablets, and other library materials to every country in Africa. Last year alone, they shipped 3.1 million books to the continent. Always striving to end the book famine in Africa and to quench the thirst for knowledge. Let's go beyond status quo with Books for Africa, next on The Edge of Adventure. This is where adventure meets purpose, where we get to know those who live life beyond status quo. My name is Adam Asher, and this is The Edge of Adventure podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. Always great to have you with us. And today, great to introduce you to Patrick Plonsky, who is joining us from Books for Africa. Patrick, welcome to the program. Thanks, Adam. Great to be here. Looking forward to visiting. Yeah, great to get to know you and this fantastic organization that has been shipping books to Africa for how many years now? 33 years. And you have delivered books to how many of the 55 African countries? All of them. Total number of books would be approximately what by this point in time? Well, we just crossed the 51 million mark, so we're excited about that. We had a big party last year when we sent our 50 millionth book, but the numbers always go up because that's how we measure success. So we're at 51 million sent. You've been with the organization 18 plus years, so I'm going to say it's fair to say you've, you know a thing or two about this great organization. What's the heart and soul of it? What's the point? If you were to boil it right down, why are we doing this? Books for Africa. The reason we do this is because, incredibly, there's a shortage of books. English is widely spoken in Africa, so that means that what we have here in terms of surplus books are very valuable in Africa. So it's a way to add value. What we have is we can provide. It's quite simple. The concept is simple. The execution and the logistics are quite complex, uh, of course, but the, uh, the simplicity of the mission, I think, is what sells it, and it's what keeps us focused our goal is to flood the African continent with large quantities of high-quality books. And that's the assumption. We don't want to flood the African continent with junk or books that are useless. We want things that are useful here in the U.S., but people are not using anymore. And how are those collected around the U.S., and are they collected outside the U.S.? Yeah, books are collected all over the world. We run a warehouse in St. Paul, Minnesota, a uh, smaller warehouse. Uh, we run a large warehouse in Atlanta, Georgia, that's larger than a football field. And books come in by shopping bag and by semi-trailer. I, I love it when people drop off books by, a, uh, you know, a few boxes or shopping bags, but 
uh, we're going to send 3.2 million books in the next 12 months. So we need the semi-trailer loads. And so that's how we get them by establishing relationships. We also collect books uh, and send books out of warehouses all over the globe. So a few of the places would include Paris, France, Montreal, Canada, London, England, Annapolis, Maryland, Los Angeles, California, and uh, York, Pennsylvania, just to name a few. So all of the books don't need to go out of our warehouses. We work with publishers and book partners. And so the books leave uh, from a lot of different locations. Sometimes they're custom printed uh, in Hong Kong uh, on occasion. But most of them leave, uh, 75% leave from Atlanta, Georgia. Well, let's talk a little bit about the end result. And we'll come back to some of the logistics because I've got a couple other questions about that. But what's the end result when you take a book from some other place, whether in the U.S. or around the world in some location, and you get it, you get it into the hands of someone who really knows how to treasure such a thing because there's a scarcity of those things. They don't, they don't have the amount of books that maybe we do or we're used to. What's Does that make a big difference in the life of that person? Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's all about opportunity. It's all about uh, giving people what they want. And it's all about uh, the diversity of humankind. Uh, you know, we're interested in different things. And so for school purposes, having algebra books, let's say, or, or medical books, uh, you know, for doctors and things like that, you know, we need a lot of, of those. But I think the purpose of a library really is to provide vast quantities of knowledge so that whatever you're interested in is there. So, for example, when I was a kid growing up, I was interested in Greek mythology in a small, and I lived in a farm in rural Minnesota. There weren't a lot of us interested in Greek mythology, but I was. And so I would walk from recess at my school to this little library where there were some books on Greek mythology, and I read those. Well, I think it's the same thing uh, when you think uh, of libraries across Africa. Different people are interested in different things, and our goal is to provide a lot of variety so that whatever people are interested in reading, uh, we have them in the library. Uh, for example, we just sent a container to Malawi. Um, many of your listeners may be familiar with the the book and the Netflix uh, film, The Boy Who Harnessed the Wind, about a boy in rural Malawi who didn't have money to go to school, but was interested in wind power. So he went to the local library, discovered how to create electricity through wind power, and uh, powered his home with the electricity for lights, and then the village, and then it went on from there. So that's an example. Not a lot of people in that village interested in wind power generating electricity, he was, the books got to him. And that's just one example of a person's personal journey and helping him fulfill his, uh, his potential. Patrick Plonsky is my guest today here on the Edge of Adventure. He's joining us from Books for Africa. And you can look him up at booksforafrica.org, booksforafrica.org to find out more and also to find out how you can get involved. What are a couple of the easy ways for someone, a listener, to help out, to come alongside Books for Africa and help you guys make a difference? Well, the easiest way is to, is to send funds. 50 cents sends a book to Africa. 
And so uh, we get donations in all sizes. Some are quite large. Sometimes uh, it's a dollar in an envelope. Uh, we're, we're one of the few organizations that can do something with a dollar. We can send two books to Africa with a dollar. So every donation is important to us. But we need books. So book drives by folks in their community are very helpful to us, getting a lot of variety of books, getting large quantities of, of things like algebra books that we need. And so people can collect books, people can send money, people can organize shipments. We work with a lot of members of the African diaspora who have connections in African countries. They're the ones that line up those shipments so that we're getting books to the right people. That's what it's all about. And if you live in Atlanta, we're always looking for volunteers. About 15,000 volunteers annually sort our books in the Atlanta warehouse. And we also have uh, sorting going on in Minnesota. So lots of ways to be involved. I guess the final way to be involved is just connections, introductions to the right people that will help us to fulfill our mission. Uh, and the right people might be people who have funds or have books or have, have connections in a wide variety of ways. Patrick, we live in a very digital age where we have grown accustomed to saying things like, you know, I'm going to email it to you or check it out online and all of that. And that's all wonderful. But when it comes to taking a book and taking it from someplace in the United States and getting it into the hands of a child or a library or a school or something in a rural African location, that does have to be a somewhat expensive endeavor. You know, you're moving a lot of ultimately heavy material from one part of the world to another. Absolutely. It's a tremendous logistical hurdle, if I can use that word. And it's a global operation and it requires resources on a global scale. So we just wrapped up our fiscal year uh, at the end of June and it, uh, we sent about 3.1 million books. We raised about three, over $3 million to send those books, you know, from all over the globe. Uh, and so it does require logistics. Uh, we work with freight forwarders. We work with uh, uh, truckers. Uh, we work with anyone who will work with us to, to achieve these goals. And uh, fortunately, the digital age has allowed us to stay in contact with our recipients in Africa. Internet is more pervasive, so we can email our partners. We can run a leaner operation because we can outsource things like freight forwarding, whatever database. Uh, you know, we can tap into pooled resources the same as everyone else, like let's say the Salesforce data platform. So we don't need to create our own. It allows us to outsource in, in a lot of ways, allows us to stay in touch around the world. And um, the last thing I'd say about digital is we do send digital books. We sent uh, over 600,000 digital books loaded onto laptops, desktops, and e-readers over the last 12 months. So we want to give people whatever they want. And if that's a digital book, we'll do it. But really where we add value is hard copy books. And that's really what our recipients want. So we send a lot of those. Patrick Plonsky is joining me today here on the Edge of Adventure from Books for Africa. And you can look them up online, very easy to find all across social media, but also booksforafrica.org, booksforafrica.org. What drew you to this, Patrick? I'm sure there's any number of things with your skills and your, your know-how, any number of things you could be doing, but you've been involved here for 
quite a while. There's something about this that you love. Tell me about that. I really started not as an African expert. I came in as a as a management professional. Uh, I'd been running a nonprofit at the University of Minnesota, and I was working on a degree in international education. A lot of my focus was in Europe and agriculture. Uh, I had actually lived for a year in communist Poland. I was very interested in European Union enlargement, the economics of that. But my interests were and remain global, including Africa. And this opportunity presented itself. And interestingly, I applied for the job and then went uh, on a uh, project that I had funded in Europe. And that project was uh, happened to be in Budapest, Hungary, exploring Hungary joining the European Union, along with nine other countries in, in those years. Uh, that was 2002. And so I sent in my application and went off to Europe. And lo and behold, uh, while I was there in Budapest, received word that Books for Africa was interested in my application. I didn't think they would be uh, because uh, I knew it was a very desirable uh, position. They have a lot of applicants and they did, but it all worked out for me. And I think at the end of the day, the lesson is if you're interested in something, pursue it. And uh, if you have skills to add, uh, make your pitch. And so I presented uh, my skills to the board and uh, I, they hired me and I thought it would be a, a relatively short uh, stay, a, a few years, and then on to the next thing. But I found it so exciting that I can't find anything else that I'd rather do. And so I've been here 18 plus years and I serve at the pleasure of the board. And so uh, I, I always tell myself that I have to deliver or else uh, they'll find someone else who will. And so uh, we've been able to deliver over 51 million books. This is The Edge of Adventure. My name is Adam Asher. Thanks for joining us today. The conversation with Patrick Plonsky from Books for Africa will continue in just a moment. But I need your help to spread the word, to share this podcast with your friends and family. As you know, it's available on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, Alexa, TuneIn, Anywhere you find great podcasts, you're going to find The Edge of Adventure. So thanks for listening, and thanks for sharing. Find out more at theedgeofadventure.com. But did you know, however, that The Edge of Adventure is also available on the brand new app called Rugged Compass? You may recall me sharing a little bit about this app, but the best way to describe it is to say that it's social media, podcasting, and video all pertaining to adventure and purpose, all in one spot. But it is missing something. You. We need you to join us so we can go beyond status quo. Can you take care of that for me? Look for Rugged Compass in the App Store or sign up at ruggedcompass.com. That's ruggedcompass.com. Patrick Plonsky of Books for Africa is my guest today here on The Edge of Adventure. I'm going to ask a simple question, but in a, a big question. Patrick, you said you, you didn't start out as an expert on Africa. Do you consider yourself an expert now after 18 plus years? I know that Africa is a very varied, very diverse place. It's a large place. We're talking about a lot of different types of geography a lot of different types of people and cultures and languages represented. If someone isn't familiar with Africa, how would you help them get to know the continent? 
Well, about the time you think you're an expert on something like Africa, uh, you will be humbled because there's so much to learn and there's so many uh, people more knowledgeable than me about it. So I've been around the African continent. I, I, I know some things. I don't know if I'd even call myself an expert. I'm probably more an expert on shipping books to Africa than I am an African expert. And so it's, it's about uh, bringing skills to the table to achieve your goal. I think uh, part of the lesson here, though, is that I don't need to be an expert about Africa because the recipients of the books in all the 55 countries we send to, they are the experts in their areas. They're the experts on distributing those books. And we have a very good board of directors, about half of which are African diaspora members. And they are, they are the African experts. I rely upon them for specific knowledge. But, uh, you know, uh, the, the thing is that we all have skills and things to add. And so my expertise is lie in things like uh, logistics and shipping and fundraising. And yeah, I, I have some knowledge of the African continent, but they are tied to the importance of achieving our mission, which is getting books to specific places and specific countries where they can help people. Patrick, are there any other organizations, nonprofit, for-profit, let's just talk in general here. Is anybody else shipping more books to Africa than you guys? We are the world's largest shipper of books to Africa and have been for 20 some years. So the answer is uh, nobody sends more books to Africa than books for Africa. Now, there used to be other organizations that did what we did. Uh, what has happened is they have not been able to continue, largely because they relied too heavily on publisher overstock. And so there used to be, let's say 20 years ago, a lot of excess publisher stock. And so there were organizations that would work with publishers, collect those books and, and send them. Books for Africa ran a completely different operation where we utilized used books and we had a way of sorting books so that we could organize used books and uh, sort out the ones that were not useful from the ones that are useful and then organize them into categories, et cetera. So in some ways we're like the last man standing because a lot of those other organizations have gone by the way and we have continued to grow. And those other organizations that send books to Africa, now we actually subsidize a lot of them and have sort of created a consortium that draws on the strengths of other organizations that want to send books to Africa. So really, rather than competing with other organizations, we're able to partner with them. Patrick Plonsky is my guest today from Books for Africa, right here on the Edge of Adventure. And it's always great to get the perspective of different leaders like yourself, Patrick. You mentioned partnerships and Let's go back to that thought a minute. Can you do this without strategic partners, without other people? I mean, this is a huge operation. And what would be the thought on partnerships and are they needed and how do you cultivate them? I think partnerships are really essential to Books for Africa the way it's currently structured. Certainly we could do it without partnerships, but it, we would be a much smaller operation which with much less impact. So we find it very useful and advantageous to partner 
with other organizations. So some of those organizations are providing books and Better World Books, for example, based in South Bend, Indiana, is our largest supplier of university books and library books. Uh, we partner with organizations like Follette, based out of Chicago, or uh, Walker Bookstore in Minnesota, which provides a lot of K-12 books. We partner with publishers to provide overstock, like Learner Publications or Capstone. And so we get books through a lot of partnerships. And then, for instance, uh, we work with an organization in France that provides French language books for Francophone uh, West Africa. So just to get books, that's look at all that, those partnerships and then fundraising, you know, all kinds of organizations that we partner with out of print is one of our largest donors, uh, Merck, providing funding for medical books. So just a wide myriad uh, of, of partnerships in Atlanta. We work with Hands on Atlanta, which is sort of a clearinghouse for volunteers. So, yes, we could survive without these partnerships, but we're always looking for new ones and advantageous ones that will help us to achieve our mission. The needs in Africa are huge and they require the marshalling of vast resources. So that's our goal is to, is to uh, coordinate uh, a lot of resources. In some ways I feel like I'm a conductor of an orchestra uh, not playing any instruments because it's all about connecting resources at a variety of levels and partnerships. Patrick, what is next for Books for Africa? You have a long history, a successful history. Things are going strong. I'm sure you've, like everybody in the last year, year and a half, you've come up against some challenges that weren't there prior to the way the world kind of shut down. But what's next for you guys? I mean, I know an organization as successful as Books for Africa is always thinking several steps ahead. Thoughts on the next year or so for the organization? Our basic model remains solid. Uh, there's a huge demand for books across the continent of Africa. We provide them. We provide them at a very low cost. It adds values. Uh, and so there's still a lot of places, you know, there's, I think, uh, something like a billion children in Africa. And so all those kids need books. And so while we've sent a lot of books, the demand is huge. So um, on our the basic level, uh, we want to get more books to more kids in Africa. That said, we want to be cognizant of, uh, of the changing dynamics and, and stay nimble. So we'll continue to provide digital books. We are exploring custom printing of books. Uh, if you print books in large enough quantities, uh, it is possible to, to print a book for 50 cents or a dollar or something. And so we can print those books in local languages, and that adds value. So custom printing, I think, is a part of the puzzle for sending a lot of books to Africa. We just had a meeting in Atlanta with the African Union. So I think looking at partnership, partnerships on a continually growing scale, like the African Union, working with the Department of Defense to secure resources to send books, further collaborations with USAID, folks that have uh, resources that we can tap into. Patrick Plonsky of Books for Africa is my guest today here on The Edge of Adventure. I'm going to ask a simple question, but in a big question. Are you making a difference? Is Books for Africa making a difference? And how, how would you paint that picture for someone who's getting to know you guys for the first time? Books for Africa is definitely making a difference. 
if we were not adding value, we would not uh, still be in business. Every nonprofit uh, or for-profit entity needs to add value in order to stay in existence. If we were getting funding from solely from a philanthropist and uh, we were just uh, instructed to send books to Africa and we sent them without uh, needing to work with the recipients, I don't think we could make that boast. But since we are really a demand-driven organization, so the books that we send are asked for, the recipients oftentimes uh, pay thousands of dollars to clear those containers and then a lot of work involved in distributing those books. So simple supply and demand tells me we're adding value. Over the last five years, data has shown the books are valuable and that they are deemed useful by our recipients. And so uh, something like 15 countries every year, surveys come in. The, The stories that we hear from the recipients always say the same thing. These books were very helpful. We're so happy to have them and have them available in our community. Patrick, you mentioned all 55 countries in Africa. Can you think of a couple uh, areas where the location that these books were going were very remote? Oh, absolutely. I I remember traveling through uh, Tanzania. We were traveling from Dodoma to Singita, one time in these very rural uh, areas, mud roads, huge holes, uh, potholes I've never seen in my life. And I come from Minnesota. We've seen potholes. And and, uh, one time we got stuck in the mud in the middle and uh, we were stuck there for a couple hours uh, along with, there were like three or four other vehicles stuck in this enormous mud puddle. This was a a very remote place that I was. That's the way it is uh, in many of the places that we work in, very remote areas. I remember one time I was in Zanzibar, and Zanzibar's a fairly touristed area. And, you know, there's a stone town there. And we visited a library right around the corner. You know, it was right off the street from where all these tourists were traveling and tourists spending money. And it was this little tiny school with uh, just a, a, a minuscule library, not many books. The ones they had were either were both very old and very tattered. And it struck me that here we were in a fairly populated area with, uh, you know, people with resources walking by all the time. And here was this little library that just needed so much help. So uh, both the very urban areas and the very rural areas, I've I've seen a lot of need and just glad that we can have something to offer and, uh, and, and give some help to folks. Patrick, final question, favorite part of your job. My favorite part is, is things like this, talking about books for Africa with different people. And I I deal with a lot of different people uh, in, in my job, a lot of variety I may send emails in any given day to 10 countries, talk to uh, someone like yourself, meet with my staff, uh, talk to an individual book donor, then go to the warehouse and, uh, you know, somebody is maybe dropping off a, uh, a bag of books. So the variety of the people that I work with is enormous because the different elements of achieving our mission 
require connections on so many levels. So I like the variety. I like that it's never boring and uh, there's an element of excitement to it. Uh, there's, of course, the, the knowledge that uh, we're advancing global education in one of the poorest continents, the, uh, the poorest continent in the world is Africa with the, the people with the most need. It's what keeps me going every day, knowing that we're doing good. I, I don't always know what, day, what the day will bring, uh, but at the end of the day, uh, even if it's been a trying day at the end of the day, I can say, well, this has been a trying day, but hey, we just sent 20 tons of books to Ghana today. So I'm, we must be doing something right and achieving something. Patrick Plonsky, we are thankful for you, for your leadership there at Books for Africa. And anybody that's watching or listening can find out more information. And you should. You should look them up at booksforafrica.org, booksforafrica.org. You can give to support them financially. You can also donate books and I'm sure all sorts of things. So find out more at booksforafrica.org and let them know you heard about it here on The Edge of Adventure and that you appreciate the work they do. Again, Patrick, we're thankful for you and I appreciate you taking the time to join me today on The Edge of Adventure. Thank you, Adam. Pleasure to be here and thank you to all your listeners and we welcome support from everyone in any way they can provide. My name is Adam Asher, and you've been listening to the Edge of Adventure podcast. To learn more, log on to theedgeofadventure.com. And while you're there, check out the video series where we go off the grid to discover some of the great things people are doing all around the globe to make the world a better place. I call it my search for adventure and purpose. You'll find us on social media, too. Just look for the hashtag TheEdgeOfAdventure. Thanks for joining us. Always great to have you with us as together we aim to live life for something bigger than ourselves. This is The Edge of Adventure, where we go beyond status quo. Beyond status quo.